Welcome, everyone, to the seventh episode of the Dudes and Doxology podcast. It is great to see you and have you hearing us. As always, please leave a five-star review in the right there in the podcast uh, app you're listening to, whether that's Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast, and leave a review. We love to get a few of those in the bank, and then we want to share uh, what some of those are um, in a hopefully soon coming episode. So leave a review. That'd be fantastic. And as always, to my left... Kyle Rude. I'm sitting by the illustrious, way too early, sitting by the illustrious <laughs> Kyle Rude. How are you? I'm feeling illustrious today. You look illustrious in your khaki shorts and white t-shirt. <laughs> oh, and yeah. then I'm sitting to my right is the newly crowned, the newly crowned elder at Ankeny Free Church. Uh, unanimous vote so far as we know. Wow. He made it in. There was no collusion. There could have been, but we will never know. I guess we'll never know. Hunter, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. I guess uh, my collusion method worked really, really well since yes. uh, nobody's picked up on it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to preach the Sunday or two Sundays before, right? The member meeting. Is that true? Yes. And then, yeah, you've been uh, up front for some things. You've been on the podcast. You've been in the refinery. Yeah, so you're pretty visible for, for people to see and available. You're always doing tech in the back and stuff like that. So I'm always somewhere doing something. Always something. Is it? Uh, is it? Did it feel like has the weight like, hey, I'm an elder here. Like as a hat kind of sunk in a little bit or is honestly, I've kind of just been treating myself as if as I've been going through the elder and training yeah. process. Because that's been about a year, 18 months. 18 months yeah. So as I was going through that, it was about six months in to that process that it really started to stick in or sink in. that This is what I'm doing. So that's really when it kind of hit me. It's in a different position now, obviously, because I have like the uh, ability to cast a vote during these meetings but otherwise i've been acting as one in several different capacities advising during meetings and doing things like that so it's kind of just it's been as it's been easy to uh, transition yeah good has anyone like bowed before you today at church is that we're recording this on a sunday night just so everyone knows no (laughs) if somebody does that i'm gonna tell them to uh get their priorities straight because we only bow to the Lord Jesus. I had several people last week come up to me and they were go, pastor Abel, pastor Abel, pastor Abel. And I was like, that's my dad. <laughs> I, I like the title I made up for you. I and, think uh, his holiness, Abel the second, hate that, hate that so much. <laughs> holiness, JD Abel. Just call me father. And sitting across the table from me is the one and only T W Hessel, as Ryan Smith so affectionately calls him. Pastor Todd, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you, JD. Fantastic. And as always, the Dudes and Doxology podcast is brought to you by the Refinery, the young adult and college ministry of Ankeny Free Church. To learn more, go to ankenyfree.church slash refinery slash. All right. <laughs> it's weird that there's a slash at the end of that, but there is. Hey, speaking of the Refinery, we had a uh, the Refinery bonfire on Friday night, Kyle. It was very much it was very much it fun. It was very much. <laughs> the bonfire was very much. So It was a lot of fun. My kids were there, so it felt like a lot. <laughs> I had a great time. So we had, not including Kaylee and I, and then the four children, right, between our two families, um, we had 14 young adults there. Nice. Which was just awesome. It was lots of fun. And But I remembered, I don't think you were there, I remember the first refinery bonfire we had last year. I mean, about this I time. There, you right? were there? I think so. We had four. Oh, I was there for one of them. Yeah, you were one of the four, not including me. Yeah. And, you know, that's, you know, it was whatever. We're starting out. Right. But last night it was great. We had mm. some, we had some, you know, young adults, some trying to get connected there. It was, that was just, it was just a great time. 
really thankful for how the refinery is going this year. Right. It's absolutely not about the numbers, but 100%. it's always good to see more people get involved. It's good to see growth and it's good to just see people like getting involved in the church and the yeah. adult ministry and getting connected and absolutely. making, making Christ centered friends. All right. Um, Kyle, take us away with this episode's devotional. All right. We're going to be looking at Romans chapter six. I'll just read a few verses at a time and talk about it a little bit and we'll see where we end up. Starting in verse one, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father, we too might walk in newness of life. In our Christian lives, we're going to sin. It's just inevitable. We all have our fallen fallenness about us. We're all going to sin. But when we can, when, when we sin, it's not that we are dead in our sins, right? Christ has made us alive. And being baptized into Christ Jesus, being baptized into his death, Jesus rose from the dead. And that's what our baptism symbolizes. We don't just stay underwater. We come back up out of the water. And so no, no longer are we dead in our sins, but we're now alive in Christ. And then I'll just read a couple more verses. For, and this is verse five. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. So just uh, something to end there. Not only do are we no longer slaves to sin because we have been dead in our sins with Jesus, we are now alive with him. We have been united with him in a resurrection like his. So we have a future hope of our resurrection as well. Amen. Praise God for that. All right. And just to remind you, we need to do a better job at probably saying this each episode, but the purpose of the Dudes and Doxology podcast is to engage you in cultural topics from a biblical perspective in a manner that produces praise to the Lord. That is the doxology. All right. Uh, it is October, which means it's Pastor's Appreciation Month. It ironically is also the month we get to interview our pastor here at Ankeny Free Church, Pastor Todd Hessel. And uh, yeah, I remember when we were first going through like, hey, you know, when let's do this podcast. What do we talk mm-hmm. about? You were on the short list of people we wanted to get. Um, you know, you, oh, that's great. you, Carl Lentz, Mark Driscoll, yes. uh, James McDonald. Yeah, just some just some, just some home runs right there. Big names. Big, big names. You as a, you are the, the chief great one. trajectories. <laughs> right? There's nothing wrong with those guys, right? All right. Um, uh, well, hey, we just have a we have a, a gambit of questions and I'll probably take maybe the first two and then, yeah, you guys jump in with Sounds the great. next one. So, Pastor Todd, give us your five minute elevator pitch. Who is Pastor Todd Hessel? <laughs> Love that question, right? Todd is That's a long sassy. time to be on yes. an elevator. <laughs> yeah, you're going That's to the skyscrapers. Crazy. Empire State Building, man. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like. <laughs> I, already starting off strong. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I grew up, grew up kind of in rural northwestern Missouri. Uh, we we called it Missouri mm. up there, mm-hmm. and you know, it was you know small town. I, I liked math. I was kind of this nerdy guy, still kind of am, and I feel like that God really kind of struck me where I stood. I was in a I don't know, a, a decent country church, love the people there, and they, they were serious about salvation, and they were serious about the Bible, but for some reason I missed it. Mm-hmm. And when I got to college, 
through a weird set of circumstances, I was confronted with the gospel and I trusted in the Lord Jesus the first day of classes and it, it totally changed my life. Mm-hmm. And I felt this new sense of purpose and direction and really just relief. And, and so even as I was going through college, I was still kind of this, you know, this nerdy, bookwormy, kind of mathy sort of person. And yet I felt like there was something different that the Lord had for me, regardless of whatever job that I had. And mm-hmm. so I, I still kind of embody a lot of that. Um, I, I, I got married. I have a, a wife of 23 years. Mm-hmm. We have three girls. They are all amazing. So mm-hmm. my girls are 16, 13, and 10. Um, and, and Carrie, well, I mean, she's, what, I don't think we say her age on here, do we? Is that, that's probably, probably not. not. That's, that's no, not, no. not where we go. No. But she is, she is like young and never <laughs> getting older and is fantastic. But, but really, they, you know, and it's, it's been really kind of exciting to, uh, to be a part of um, what the Lord is doing and have um, a spouse that's excited about that. And now my girls are engaged in the work here that we're doing together rather joyfully. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. we've even had to bring them to church just so that they could do stuff even if we didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So we really like that. I love, I, I love history. I love seeing the world. I love experiencing other cultures. I love travel. I love to read. And, and I love just some quiet moments by the fire, too. Mm. So good cup of coffee and a big, thick steak. Mm. Mm. That's what I love. Hopefully not together. Steak and coffee is actually a great combo. If you've ever had steak and egg for breakfast oh, with yeah, a cup yeah. of coffee, yeah. fantastic. Steak and eggs, that's a different ballgame. Yeah, and, I, and I could kind of veer off like smoked meats, too. Amen. It's not. Mm. I mean, there's, there's a whole gambit of things that, that I enjoy. So as a... Uh, Pastor Abel here at the table said last year, <laughs> Wait, my dad's here. <laughs> people either get into World War II history or smoky meat. Which way did you go? <laughs> yeah, you turned thirty and you have to make a decision. Yeah, I think I did go smoked meats. Um, my dad did World War II, so I felt like there needed to be some balance, and we were kind of all there. Speaking of smoked meats, my dad and I last night went to a hog roast mm. last night in Boone. I like some people from his church, like roasted a whole hog nice. and we got to watch them pull it out of the pit onto the table. And it was just, I mean, they were like pulling the bones out with their hands. It was just, just shredding. It was, it was glorious. And I had a sandwich. It was probably one of some of the best pulled pork I've ever had in my life. I have, a, I have a bit of an extemporaneous question here. How much do you think about the Roman empire? <laughs> <laughs> this is a great question. <laughs> Daily. As, as a pastor, <laughs> right. he reads his Bible daily. That's right. I don't, yes, I thought about the Roman Empire almost every day before thinking about the Roman Empire was a thing. I, but I don't know if I think about the Roman Empire the way that right. everyone else thinks. Are you, are you familiar with the trend that Kyle's referencing here? I, vaguely. Yeah. So we so, played a game in the refinery on Tuesday night. It's a, it was how much do you know about the Roman empire? And it was quite humorous. Well, Brie asked me that. And I'm like every day. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I think about Christ crucified every day and who right. crucified Jesus, the Romans. I definitely think about the Romans every day. Okay. Major flex hunter. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> I think about Christ crucified every day. All right. Um, you don't. Todd, I do. I do. I was just joking around. Um, you've been pastored here for just over seven years. How long have you pastored overall? So I did kind of formal pastoral ministry in 2005. Okay. But in 96, for about seven years, I did campus ministry, right. which 
was pastoral ministry, but I wasn't formally a pastor. Right. So creeping up on formally 20 years soon in about right. two, a year and a half, wow. two years, but been in ministry for, I don't know, close to going on almost 30 now. Right. right? right. That's really cool. Um, all right. So first question off the bat, um, how is pastoring, shepherding, leading a church, leading ministries, how is pastoring different in 2023 compared to 2013? Or if it's not so different, how is it similar? So I feel like one of the things that really is different is the amount of access that people have to me and that I have to other people. Um, I mean, there was texting and things like that, but the level at which people use it now across the board mm. is is quite a bit different. Um, and so with that, I mean, th- there are there are advantages and disadvantages. Um, there's so when someone is connecting with you, you can do it a lot faster. When someone is not connecting with you, that tends to be uh, seeing something rather significant. And so I, I think that that's one of the big things as well, just the level of access. I, I think too, so some of it's a little bit hard because I was in a different place back in 2013. I was, you know, my family was a lot younger. I was in a different context where um, there, there maybe were different sorts of demands on my time as well. And so I was essentially, there was me and there was a, a part-time youth guy and a church secretary. And, and so my workload was quite a bit more. So back then I was preaching um, a Sunday morning service, but I also did Sunday school before. And then I would do a, some sort of class in the afternoon. And then I would preach an evening service and sometimes have a meeting after that. I would lead Sparks where I'd be teaching then again at Cubbies. And so the amount of teaching and prep that I would do was just enormous. And wow. so it, it just seems like that the nature of what I was doing was a little bit different. And I was in a place, too, where it seemed like I, I'm very relational, but yet that was a little bit different for the place that I was at, that degree of, of being relational. So, Yes. Uh, keeping in mind with that, uh, what barriers are you seeing to things like Christian discipleship here in 2023? Well, again, I think one of the things that we have is a lot of a lot of things are we can be consumed by media mm-hmm. and the, the constant tension. And there's an unwillingness, I think, for anybody to be bored for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of things take extended critical thought. In fact, I just had a conversation with someone today uh, about just it takes a while to begin to understand your Bible. It's a it's a book. It's mm-hmm. old. There's 66 of them that. You know, it's rich, it's deep, you got to think, you got to ponder, and we, we just don't really have, we have an ever-decreasing capacity for those kinds of things. And it's easy to be very distracted, it's easy to be um, pursuing all kinds of different things, it's easy for you to, to suddenly be wound up about something that's less important. All of these things, I think, happen on, on a much greater scale. It's easier to be kind of bound into a very deep sin just because mm-hmm. of access issues. Mm-hmm. If you have to, you know, if you have to drive somewhere to go gamble and you have a propensity to really be addicted to that kind of thing, well, that's, that's totally different. But now, you know, you can have that kind of access again on your phone. Um, and, and that can go across the board in so many different areas. And so I think that just realizing the sort of world we are in, I don't know that we've adjusted well 
to making good disciples in our day and age that, that follow Jesus in a way that takes those kinds of things into account. And to kind of go along with discipleship, how do you think that apologetics and evangelism has changed in the t- since uh, 2013? How would you approach apologetics now? Yeah, well, so for a lot of people that aren't Christians, there has been not a disregard of truth because I think there's been an increase in morality. I remember in when I was on a student on campus, there was a lot of, you know, kind of live and let live sort of talk now. And, and that is not a part of things today. Um, now, people disagree on what is moral and right. I mean, you, you, but they are making moral arguments and they are saying that, that this cannot stand. So there's no more live and let live. But with that, I think that there isn't so much of a concern for truth as much as there is a concern for what is good by those that don't know Jesus. And I think that if we want to get at truth, we got to show them that indeed this th- the things they hold to be good, many of them have a root in Christian thought. You know, who is good but God alone? And, and I believe that to be true. And so even though there's, there's corruptions, there's perversions, there's even things that that, that others believe that they say is good, that I say is evil, uh, there may be inclinations and things in there that, that do come from something that I would say, well, now that is a good thought, but this is a totally wicked application of that thought. And so to be able to show people that indeed that what they're thinking is, is you know, hey, we need to find something that is true, that is good, I think that's a good place to start. Oh, thank you for that. So um, along with uh, being a pastor and, you know, caring for people in a pastoral capacity, what are some of the difficulties you've experienced um, when, you know, raising your children as being a pastor? Hmm. Well, the big one is, is really time. It's just sometimes there's things that, that just don't stop. Um, Ankeny Free Church has been great because – there's not as many things that you do in the evening. The, this podcast exempted, right? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. But, but when I was in a smaller church, a lot of the meetings, because they included way more volunteers, occurred in the evenings. Mm-hmm. And it really took up a lot of time that could have been spent with the family. And back then, maybe I had less balance in my life. And mm-hmm. so that made that a little more difficult as well. So that's hard. Um, we've really tried, though, to let the girls be the girls and, and guide them into following Jesus rather than guide them into doing things that get me as a pastor of this church into trouble. <laughs> and, and there is a difference. And I, I feel like that one of the things I have appreciated about this church is there's um, freedom and understanding to do that. And we really want them to love and know Jesus themselves, not because, you know, this is in some ways my job and all eyes are on them. And so that's been difficult. But one of the real joys has been, I think, that people have genuinely loved my family. Mm. They've, they've loved my wife. They've, they've loved my girls. And, and they want them to thrive as their own people. And so there's not odd expectations that are put on them that would maybe be different than, than some of the other kids 
that are there. And so I, I've really appreciated that. So we've not we've not encountered that. And I think that's been pretty good. And even in other churches, um, even though the spotlight is on us, I never felt like there was too many untoward kind of comments or, you know, things like, well, you know, the, you know, the pastor, the pastor's kid, you know, they shouldn't be doing that or doing this. Um, when you focus on Jesus, that makes everything a lot clearer. Like, well, that's not Jesus-like behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, well, we should all be able to, to say what that is. But uh, it's, been, it's been great to see, I don't know, just a church family really embrace um, my family. Mm-hmm. Well, your family is really easy to embrace, too, because your kids, your wife, they're all excellent. I mean, mm-hmm. your kids particularly. Uh, Lydia is always telling me about the stories she's writing, and Carolyn's telling me about her cool things that she's working on. They just, they're very open and engaging, and they love my kids pretty well, which is just fun to be around when they want to, you know, pick them up, talk to them, see what's going on in their life. It's just always excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the thing I worry most about is that, uh, you know, that, that Caroline's going to write a letter to J.D. one of these times. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Another letter. Though technically, I guess she didn't write any letters. That was from Connor. It was the, from the cow. The cow. She, she has a stuffed animal <laughs> cow, for those of you that don't know, named Connor the cow. And J.D. was preaching in Exodus uh, 32, 33, 34 about the golden calf. And, and uh, while <laughs> Caroline thought that the sermon was excellent, she has a stuffed animal that's a cow, Connor the cow, and he, she felt like J.D. was pretty anti-cow, <laughs> made, some, made some unkind comments towards cows about their intelligence <laughs> and their ability to kind of reason and think, and, um, and so he got a letter. He got two letters. I think it was two, yeah. It was mm. good. It was hilarious. Wow. There you go, JD. Don't talk crap about cows. Well, there you go. do my best. I'm just pro Chick Fil A. That's why. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I, Todd, you know, I'm someone who has, who you know, you know, senses this call from God to become a pastor. Maybe become a pastor someday. How did you know God was calling you to be a pastor? Mm. Yeah, that was. You know, one of the interesting things when I came to know Christ that was in. in imprinted on my life very early on was that um, I'm saved by grace through faith and and there's no works that are involved in that. However, God has saved me um, to complete his purposes here on earth. So I prayed to receive Christ on a Wednesday. Hmm. Saturday, I was doing door-to-door evangelism in my residence hall. And so this sort of distinction of of like ministry in my life was we were all to be about ministry. And, and so there, there was kind of this foundation that I think every Christian should have, that we are called by God to do the mission that he has set out for us. Um, but when it came down to vocational ministry, I initially, I, was, I wasn't really thinking about that, but I was excited about what God was doing there. We were planting a church. There were things going on there at the University of Missouri that were that were happening, and I saw a role where I could jump in in a full-time capacity. But once I was doing that, and in the process of raising support, I, I really had to reckon with, Lord, what are you doing with my life? And is this something that you want me to do full-time? And one of the things that really, um, I don't know, is kind of a life verse for me is, I was like, I just don't feel like I have the gift set that would be good for this type of work. And what the Lord really impressed on me was 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 
because, you know, he, I didn't choose the wise. I, I didn't choose, you know, I chose what is foolish in order to shame the wise. Mm-hmm. And, and then even Paul talking about, you, you know, um, eloquent speech and those kinds of things. And I was just like, well, I think, I think God is calling me to this. And in some ways, it demonstrates God's own sense of humor that, that he, can, he can actually do whatever it is he wants. And if he wants to use me in this way, he can, and he can make it effective, and, and he can make it successful. And it's not because of what I offer, but almost in spite of what I offer. And, and so that just really is a, is a great refreshment to me. And I know I, I pray that on Sunday mornings, God, would you work through me or in spite of me? And I, I'm not trying to be self-deprecating or woe is me or I can't do this and I'm a failure, but I actually get energized mm. knowing that I'm not coming do this with my own little bag of resources. Um, there were a few events in my life that made that a lot clearer. I was saying no to a number of things, particularly a girlfriend at that time. And when I began to say no and was saying no, um, the Lord just really kind of opened up and says, you know, I have a whole bunch of things that are so much better for you, things you can't even imagine. And, and I went down that path and it's, led me right to here. It's been absolutely fantastic. And I really felt like the Lord has been with me every step of the way. That the ministry I was involved in back then when I left them, I, I kind of left them. Uh, they didn't, at the time, send many people off to seminary. Uh, they didn't really have a, a conception of people leaving the church or leaving this network of churches and living a faithful Christian life. I mean, I think they would say they did, but you know, in practice, that really wasn't ever seen. And so I was really kind of cast out onto my own and, and just got connected up by God's providence to the, to the FCA, got connected mm-hmm. up to a, really a group of guys that I wanted to labor with, got connected up to just some life-giving churches, and, and the rest, as they say, is history. It's, mm-hmm. been, it's been absolutely fantastic. So I've seen this confirmation occur throughout my life at various different points. I, I think the biggest confirmation, though, and, and not to be very practical, but was when I completed raising support. That was very hard for me. And I knew that when I was released, that in some ways God says, look, I've been with you. And now you know that you've been called to this because you have a number of people that are actually supporting the work that you are doing, that, that you found in order to, uh, to be, you know, to give financially, to be prayerfully involved in this. Mm-hmm. So we talked about at the beginning, uh, close to 20 years of pastoral ministry, then closer to 25, 30 of just like just just general ministry. What has been a key or one of the keys to just the longevity of faithful, unscandaled ministry you've seen in your personal life and at the churches you've served at? Yeah, and this is going to sound a little cliche. I'll put some teeth to it, but just an unwavering clenching, white-knuckled dependence upon Jesus Mm -hmm. for every single moment. And I think that, you know, having, you know, embracing those moments when you can't and you need God to come through um, time and time again has really helped me. It's maybe not presented as the most confident leader that there can possibly be, but it's, it's led to this nurturing dependence upon Jesus. And so one of the things I do, like, I, I think it's easy to get discouraged 
And, and when you get discouraged, you, you begin to look for ways to kind of bring a salve to that discouragement. So, I mean, you can do all kinds of things. You can, you know, sex, you can drink, you can overeat, you can, you know, maybe there's some more legitimate hobbies one can do um, to try and pour into and cover this, this wound, this need. But in, in some ways, what's been really helpful for me is to, to see that, yes, indeed, this is part of the calling. Mm-hmm. And, and in some ways, this is the badge of honor, is to be able to suffer for the name of Jesus and to, to look at it and to just to embrace it and to embrace it. Um, so one of the things that I do to help nurture that, and I think I've shared this before in services, I make sure that I read through Second uh, Timothy at least once a month. I, I, just, mm-hmm. I just dwell in it. And I just look at Paul the people that left him. I, I listened to what he said, and you know, this people stabbed Moses in the back and stood opposed to him, and the direction of where other people will be going here, you know, in these last days there will be lovers of self. Well, I mean, the context is is actually in the church, and it's just like, oh yeah, that's it. And and, and people are leaving left and right. And 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 for Paul, it seems like it hurts, even if it seems like a decent excuse. Like, you know, people move, people go on, people do things, and I'm excited about that. But, you know, you miss them. And so just realizing that this is a part of it, and no matter what, the Lord is faithful in the midst of it. Um, It also helps um, having someone like my wife and other good friends that I can talk to about things that check in. One of the things I've appreciated about the Central District Mm -hmm. and the reason that I've stayed within the Central District and this is the third church I've pastored within it, is that because I enjoy the relationships that I've formed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I remember one time I was going through a real rough patch, and I was like, oh, you know, do I, what do I need to do? I probably need to see somebody. But I was like, I should just see one of my friends. They're uniquely qualified to right. walk me through difficult times. They would know exactly what it is that I'm talking about, and, and I could share anything with them. And, and that's exactly what's happened. And guys have rallied around me, and I've been able to rally around other guys and, and that's been helpful to see that, that you know, if I'm, if I'm struggling, if there's something that's going on, if there's frustrations, if there's a, a built-up bad situation, that I have other individuals that, that are for me, for the gospel, for what's right, and, and they'll stand there with you. Those have been some real big helps. What's been a joy for, yeah, I've experienced that too in the four years I've served in the Central District is... Just having those relationships, like you said, uniquely qualified. They know exactly what you're talking about. They they go through exactly what you're going through, or at least have, and they can speak truth into your life. And um, you know, they don't. You don't have to worry about. Oh, I have to see them on Sunday. I wonder. You know, like <laughs> you can just call them on the phone, and they know, and it'll be okay. And they can talk to you and talk you through it. And it, yeah, that's I know exactly what you're talking about. That's been a joy for me to experience as well. Um, yeah, one more question for me, at least through for this round. What's this might be an easy question or a hard question? What is your favorite part about being a pastor, or one of your favorite parts about being a pastor? Well, so there's a few things that I really love. I, I mean, I love it when someone crosses over from death to life. Mm-hmm. You know, when someone puts their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. I, I love it when people make difficult choices to do what is right. And I love it when other people take a risk for the Lord and, and you just watch the Lord come through. Mm-hmm. I mean, and some of that's really fun, especially 
here is seeing things like we talked about the refinery. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's been a, just a real joy to see, like, I don't have anything to do with it. And it's been a, it's been a rough go trying to do that. You know, every year we mm-hmm. want to get something started for our young adults, our college students. How can we do this? How can we do this? And it just seems like it was tough going. And, and, and now we've just persevered and, and Kyle and JD and, you know, I know you serve at that hunter, just seeing that thing succeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been, that's just been fantastic. And, and seeing that multiply out. I just, I love that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love that. Okay. I have one that I kind of, all of us want to, I want all of us to engage in. It's more <laughs> of a silly one that I want to throw in here, but just to add a little bit of humor here and is what is your favorite pop culture reference that Todd has had in a sermon before. And my favorite, I, yeah, I instantly have one. My favorite is he said to quote the words of the great theologian (laughs) system of the down, wake up. (laughs) I just, I was rolling. Like my, I I was the only person in the audience who laughed and it was just very audible laughing in the very back. (laughs) Mine is, go ahead. (laughs) First service, wasn't it, right? Only? <laughs> first service only? Was that the only first no, service? No, no, I did it both. You did it both? No, I, I, I was in second service, second. and I was told that um, the only person who laughed in first service was Neil Dimmig, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah, I, I can see Neil. Uh, if you don't have one, out, do you have one, Kyle? I was going to say the system of a down reference, and I'm trying to think of another one. I remember when, and I knew you were going to do this because you, I think you asked like me or Ryan or Matthew or one of us about it. But when you quoted an Olivia Rodriguez, uh, Rodriguez song, good for you, yeah, good for you. <laughs> and it's like um, I might mess up the lyrics, and if you know it better, someone say. But like I drive down your street, or uh, I'm, I'm missing it. Do you remember Todd? What that was? I think of you, or oh, I'm blanking on that. I don't remember it. I know I said it at the time. I just yeah, remember the, the pop culture references that that I can just whip off the top of my head <laughs> are things Rodrigo, like Rodrigo, not Rodriguez, or you know, you know, some sort of Braveheart freedom <laughs> quotes or Red Five going in. You know, those are those are the contemporary sorts of things I do. Although I do have one. Is Red Five contemporary? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Go ahead. Um, uh, and I know we weren't perfect, but I've never felt this way for no one. And I just can't imagine how you could be so okay now that I'm gone. Guess you didn't mean what you wrote in that song about me. And here's the here's the great one, because you said forever. Now I drive alone past your street. Oof. Oh, good. They are good. I don't remember the like the tie into the sermon. I wish I did, but I remember you quoting that. And I, like several teenage girls like looked at me and they're like. Pastor Todd knows that song. I was like, apparently, yeah. So. He has a teenage daughter. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they say, yeah, right. Do you have any, Kyle? Well, I was going to say, so even though it wasn't my first thought, I, I do appreciate all the Pride and Prejudice <laughs> references. <laughs> at least once a sermon series, I feel like there's, a, there's at, least at least one, one. Pride and Prejudice <laughs> At least a Jane Austen reference. Yeah. Oh, no wow. joke. No joke. We are, we are neck deep. And I tell you what, no one, no one beats Carrie <laughs> Pride and Prejudice. There are pretenders. But no one, no one comes close. There was even a gal that did a book club, and oh wow! And I think that uh, Carrie went to, and she's like, I think she knows maybe as much as I do. You know, I mean, not an arrogant way, but wow. I mean, it's just like, maybe. it's just very hard. I would say so. One pop culture reference um, that I do was um, so I don't recommend this movie, 
But it's really <laughs> <laughs> I love when it starts that way. You should watch this, but it's from the movie Pitch Perfect. <laughs> the first one, right? The first one. Yeah. Well, that's yes. the only good one. The best one. And it's in response to one of the one of the the singers saying, "This ginger is the redhead girl. Is going to get her jiggle juice." And the response <laughs> then is something I say all the time: make good choices all the time. Make good choices. So that's where that's from. It's a pop culture reference. I didn't know that. Person, yes. You do say that all the time. Make good choices. Make good choices. And in my mind, whatever I'm saying that from. Tickle juice. Is that you just said this ginger is going to. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So oh, there we are. Oh, do man. We, do we have to edit that? Is that no. That's, we might get an, ex, an E next to the button, explicit. Unlike one of our. So one of our churches, like the sermon audio was posted and it got an explicit rating. And I was like, Matthew, something has to be done. <laughs> We have to like refute this or something. It is not explicit. And it was not like the one where we were going over, like, uh, there was one passage recently in this last year where, like, there was sex was definitely. Yeah, it was not Genesis it, like 37 or 38. You yeah, know, it was with, not Lot's daughters. No, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Or, or, yeah. So, my wife's favorite little <laughs> saying with a pop culture reference is from The Wedding Singer. Wow. Things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday. <laughs> That's another movie we don't recommend you watch. Um, that movie's not nearly as bad as Pick, Pitch, Pitch Perfect. Perfect. No, oh. no. The Wedding Singer is actually fairly. I remember because I don't even think I, I was trying to think if I actually watched the whole movie of Pitch Perfect, but I was kind of like, oh, there's the whatever, and Carrie's like, oh, this is a movie about singing. She's like, oh, this is not that great. And Carrie was like, oh, make good choices. That's... There you go. <laughs> I feel like Kaylee and I need to watch Pitch Perfect again. That was a good one. Um, this is just an off the top. What are some of your favorite memories? here at Ankeny Free Church, like funny stories or just like favorite memories elsewhere, really anywhere about ministry? Yeah, I don't, yeah, that's a, that's hard. I have, I have a lot of good right. memories. I, I, I love it. Like when, um, I don't know, when we get new staff, yeah. I just, um, you know, sometimes it's a it's a long and prayerful process. So, like bringing you on, uh, Lori, um, Kevin, um, you know, you're, you're just sitting there and you're just like you're praying, you're wondering what's going on, and just to kind of see God come through, and and everybody's just excited mm-hmm. to see kind of this person you're bringing in that's going to be a part of your church family. Man, I, I just I love that. Um, I, I love it when we do. Kind of the, some of those, uh, I don't know, we, we do fun games every now and again, mm-hmm. and people just have a great time. Like mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, like the, um, oh, what do we call those? The, the volleys. Yeah, the volleys. Mm-hmm. Those the are volleys. There's, it's just great, you right. know, just to see everybody having a good time. I, I absolutely love that. I, I, I love it when we, when, when we get through a good annual meeting mm-hmm. and just remember what the Lord has done. It's just it's kind of like, oh, that's just, uh, mm-hmm. it's just really cool. I, I really enjoy, I don't know. I just really enjoy those moments. I think we have time. So I, can I share one of my favorite memories real quick about AFC? So I remember uh, it was during COVID, like that first month of COVID. It's like end of March, 2020, beginning of April. And our worship pastor here, Kevin David, like tested positive. And that was the first person I knew to get it. Mm-hmm. And I remember you, Todd, me, and Matthew, we, like, got decked out in, a, like, 
make makeshift like hazmat suits that we could put together like <laughs> like yellow dish gloves and like goggles and masks and we had to go over to the auditorium where he was working do you remember this and yes. bring over all the tech equipment and we were like trying to be the most gentle and not to let it touch certain we all like had our jackets up zipped up all the way to our necks bringing it all over here to the fireside room so we could still record the message and worship and all these things and i just remember like that being a huge deal like the first person i knew personally to get to get you know coronavirus um, you know, I just remember us wheeling like trip after trip of like so many like TVs and sound equipment over here. Uh, and then we lysoled it all down or we wiping it down with these wipes, you know, cause we, you know, you didn't know right back then, like that first month you had no idea. And we're like, Kevin's germs are all over these things. We need to like disinfect Kevin from all this stuff. And yeah, that's one of my, I look back and I'm like, that was just, that was crazy times, crazy time. And then you got COVID twice in one calendar year yeah that was pretty crazy is that 2021 right 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 at the beginning in january and then right in december right right Mm. right right. Mm. kyler hunter i mean we have time do you have like a really good memory of afc like fun stuff i remember so i was on the tech crew for the first two weeks i was the guy doing the uh first live streams that we did during covid wow and it was great because it was me Todd, whoever was running the camera on like one other person in the room, that's all it was. And I, I still to this day remember this, that Todd's first joke was, well, today's probably a bad day to preach on, uh, you know, greeting one another with a holy kiss. <laughs> I just was like, yeah, yeah. Somebody had to go there and we went there. <laughs> you know, a great quote from you, Todd, during the, I, don't, I can't remember if it was, well, like that first Sunday like remember because the governor's proclamation came out on like a Saturday, like late night mm-hmm. and we didn't have time to get the word out that you couldn't come to church. And so we still had some people show up, but we had all the chairs separated and we were doing our absolute best. Right. And I can't remember if it was that Sunday you preached that or maybe the following, but you said the line and I have it actually written down in my Bible somewhere. It was don't waste your coronavirus. And it was like, we don't know how long this is going to be or what this is going to be, but stay in your Bible, pray more you know, talk to other Christian friends more, like don't waste this time because you never know like what might, what fruit might come of it. If there was an excuse that you didn't have enough time, coronavirus really showed your priorities. No joke. Kyle, do you have a good AFC memory before we move on to another question? I mean, there's so many because I've been going to this church so long, but I remember so old. I know, right? (laughs) Just a baby. 16 years I've been going to this church. You've seen a lot, man. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. The youth room has changed like five times. What youth room? <laughs> <laughs> right, though. Yeah. Um, no, I I guess specifically related with Todd in 2017, um, I remember that I started uh, uh, being the intern at the church with Todd. Yes. And that was that was a really good seven months where I got to work work with you. You were teaching me how to study the Bible and took me on that um uh that that one day during uh spring break i didn't have any classes and so uh you took me to the capitol building and we went and prayed with some of the representatives and the senators That's right. and yes, yes. I was, that was that was a really really neat day i would say and um then just sharing those experiences with people at church that was that was really good mm-hmm. that was a really good memory i had That's cool uh, i remember you know one of the things i was really excited about was actually seeing, and you guys will understand this. So my my oldest daughter is, um, she tends to be a little more reserved. 
quite a bit more reserved. Um, but then one day she was like, um, I told JD I wanted to sing. Yeah. And I'm singing now, and she, she sang in worship time for a time there, that very first one. Yeah. And I was like, like, what is going on here? That was that was just really kind of cool. And and, she was great. And you, and you get to see that kind of multiplied out in other people's lives, but right. you're just like, oh, this is my my own daughter kind of now taking a, a risk for the Lord here in front of these other people um, doing that. And just kind of the environment that that can occur in is fantastic. Mm-hmm. One more question in the goofy area. What's better, the prequels or the sequels? <laughs> oh. it's hard. Which one's I mean, more cringy? The core, the core is so good. Um, I, I, I would say, you know, when it comes down to it, the prequels are better than the sequels. Wow. Because, That's the right answer. <laughs> because you could take out, you know, you know, the sand is coarse. Just, <laughs> I mean, it has all of that. But but you got the battles and, and then you've got three, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what's yeah. what's the worst of all the movies? Oof. I don't I don't understand movie eight. Like No one does. Like they can't we live in this world where you're just kind of they can't quite catch you, but you're running away in this one starship. And then hasn't anyone else thought to like, maybe we can shoot not just whole ships, but like, like light speed weapons mm. and other things and cause this devastating impact. Have we not? And, and they can get away to some planet. They're just, there's a close planet that they maybe wouldn't even like, come on. Like it just <laughs> seemed, it just seemed ridiculous. It it's wasn't so the hard. most well thought out plot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, seven, eight, nine are rough. Nine has some cool like throwbacks, but that's about it. Oh, the last battle, you yeah, know, that's when cool. he's like yeah. going on, and then it's like you know, then everyone shows up, and oh, they're just like, you know, what what sort of navy is it? It's not, you know, it's not a, it's not a fort. It's just people. It's I was like, really oh. expecting Samuel L. Jackson there at the end to say, <laughs> "I do not grant you the rank of master, young Skywalker." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for those of you who, yeah, so. If you don't know, we're talking about Star Wars. <laughs> First time that's been said. Uh, Todd, can you tell us about a time uh, when you saw God bring you through a difficult time in your time, in full time, a lot of times in that sentence, ministry? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was, there was a couple times. I remember there was a kind of a difficult split-off group one time that I don't even really fully understand what was going on. But I would say that the biggest time was when I was initially raising support. Mm. Um, there was a lot of questions from family. Um, and, and even, too, I don't, I don't think that even those that I was going to be working with and the organization I was a part of, I don't know that they felt like they had absolute confidence that this was actually going to happen. And, and I really felt <coughs> alone. I was alone. And all I really had was the Lord. I, there was other people, and not that people weren't supportive, and not that people didn't, you know, in, encourage me, but to be like, Lord, you really have to do this, or this is not going to happen. And, um, 
you know, there's there's other difficult times where you get sideways with people or people leave and there are those kinds of things, but but this was the entire future and I had no experience of what God was going to do. I had, you know, there were, were some encouragements. I remember going back for my very first sort of check-in with the national office and, and there was me and another guy and he was struggling as well. And, and I remember that guy looking at us and he's like, are you sure that God has called you to this? Wow. Because I don't know. And I mean, it was just really, it was really a pretty rough assessment. Um, and I, I don't know, there's, that's kind of the environment that one, that, that they tried to, that they kind of had about them. But I, I was like, I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't know. And to really say like, God, are you going to do this? Lord Jesus, are you going to bring me through this? Or, or was I not listening to your voice correctly? And it was so good for me to endure through that because I was like, well, you know, now there's things that maybe it doesn't fit well with my personality. Maybe it's not things I like to do. But you can still be like, well, I, I can just do it because I have this track record of the Lord bringing me through junk that I'm not great at. And, and I'm fine. And the Lord does his thing through it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, uh, I do that. Um, it's, been a good, it's been a really good experience for me. What's been cool for me is to see you these last four years of me working at AFC is being pretty level-headed, like when it comes to almost, I mean, almost everything. Like I don't feel like I've seen you frustrated or, you know, your emotions are kind of letting, letting loose. Like if, like if there's a situation going on and there's been plenty of situations that have been like, wow, this is not the greatest. Like I feel like you've been at least everything I've seen, like pretty even keel. And that's been, a, that's been an encouragement to my heart. Cause I sometimes wear my emotions on my sleeves. It's like, you guys, you know, you guys, you guys knew that about me and my pendulum can kind of swing, you know, right or left, depending on what the, you know, what the situation is doing. And so like, just kind of staying like middle of the road, like, Hey, this will be okay. You know, people left Paul, you've already talked about that. Like sometimes people, are sinful and they leave and they make boneheaded decisions and it'll be okay. Like tomorrow will happen and the ministry will move on and this will like this too shall pass and it'll be all right. Like that's been an encouragement to my heart watching you navigate some, you know, tricky situations or even when people have said to you, like, like direct things like not, Oh, you know, we don't have a problem with the church. It's something about you. And like, and if someone told me some stuff like that, like I, I'd be upset for like a month. You know what I mean? But like, and maybe you have, you just hide it well, but I've appreciated that. Just like, Hey, you know, the Lord knows and we're going to do the same thing tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, and it'll be just fine. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. No, it's, um, I, I love people. I, I kind of, I, I like to think if I'm a, a part of a mining operation, I'm the drill, right. Kind of precise mm-hmm. and steady and, and you're not going to get anywhere without any dynamite. You know, mm-hmm. that's a part of that. And so I love people that have a lot of passion and an excitement and want to you know, have a propensity toward action. And, and I think understanding that, that maybe I need that is a, is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, though, I think when people criticize me, it's, I, I find it funny because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just like, well, either, either they're just they're totally ridiculous right. or they are so spot on. I'm like, Shh. You know, I, no, I agree are with you. you. <laughs> are you like, are you like kidding me? Of course, this is okay, Captain Obvious. <laughs> right, right, right. Did you not know this when you first met me? That yes. this would be a problem. Right. Like, 
yeah. just now. Right. No joke. I think it's hilarious that you're just now saying something. So, yeah, I think we have one more question. Hunter, you want to take that? Yeah, absolutely. So what piece of advice would you give yourself when you first started seminary? If you could go back and give yourself some advice and then as a follow up, what type of advice would you give yourself as you first started vocational ministry? Yeah, when I first started seminary, um, I really enjoyed my seminary experience, but Carrie and I were very focused. We didn't have kids, and we wanted to get out of there not only without debt, but getting ahead financially. So I worked, you know, 20-ish hours at nights every week while taking the maximum load I could during the days, and so I really tried to push through. And so I really... I mean, I think it was it went great, and I enjoyed that. I feel like that um, Carrie and I maybe needed to focus on our relationship during that time because we would just see each other kind of coming and going because she was working full-time and I was working nights and studying. And, and so I, I think that if I was to be in front of seminary, I would say that, you know, to, to give greater importance to physically being at the same place at the same time with your wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was something that I hadn't expected because I didn't know I'd be working nights mm-hmm. and, and that would be our schedule. I think, though, going into ministry, one of the things that I would tell myself is, you know, is, is perseverance needs to finish its work so that I might be mature and complete. You know, just just do the difficult thing and get it over with. Mm. And a lot of that had to do with just doing a difficult conversation or just simply telling someone no. I I think a lot of times, especially early on, I I just I was like, I could do this. You know, it'll 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 be a great inconvenience. But yes, indeed, I can do this when I just should have said no. I just and no one cares, you know, or maybe someone's a little disappointed, but oftentimes it's not the end of the world. And so I let pleasing people be. Uh, too big of a priority early on when I should have just said, you know, hey, this is just the way it is and it is what it is and you're done. Because guess what? All those difficult conversations I eventually had anyway. Mm -hmm. I I, I didn't alleviate any of that. I I still had to meet it Mm -hmm. one way or another and it would have just better to just rip the Band-Aid off and be done. Hmm. Good stuff. All right. Well, let's close out with the doxology. Let's thank Pastor Todd, though, before oh, we yes. do that. Yeah, thank sorry. you for joining us. <laughs> yeah, this is thank great, you, Pastor guys. Todd. Yeah, this is awesome. I love this. And the studio looks more and more great every yes. week we're in here. There's no lab, There's no more ladder in here. Our yes. mascot is gone. Our mascot. Let's shout out to all the people who have helped us. Matthew oh, yeah. Peterson, yes. Carolyn Bang, all the people who've really yeah. worked hard to make sure this room is a good podcasting studio. And to Judy and look for at this letting thing. us use this room as like a, a podcasting sound studio. Wave sort of it kind of looks like Spotify. Yeah, little thing there. Um, good thing this is an uh, you know not a visual thing. No one can see what we're talking about. I but. feel like if we do a dudes and dudettes or dudettes and doxology episode, like Kyle was suggesting, they yeah. should interview Judy about how husbands can love their wives well. I love that. That idea. would be a great episode. I, I probably won't listen to it, but I love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before Hunter goes off with the doxology, we're super excited. Not only about getting this episode to you, but then the next four episodes, episode eight, we're going to be talking about 
singleness. Episode nine, we'll be talking about dating. Episode 10, we'll be talking about engagement, being engaged. And episode 11, we'll be talking about marriage. So we're really excited about those four. Make sure you are checking back in your podcast feed for those four episodes coming to you uh, within the next about month and a half or two months. All right, <laughs> Hunter, will you take us away with this episode's doxology? Thank you. Our doxology comes from Romans 8. What then shall we say about these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charges against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. And all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So just full disclosure, I did not come prepared to do the devotional, even though I said I would do it. I didn't have time to prepare anything. So I'm going to prepare something right now. 